Today's podcast is brought to you by Howie's new book, Paperboy. To order today, go to HowieCarshow.com and click on store. Better strap yourself in. It's time for the Howie Car Show. A state Supreme Court in Michigan has just rejected an effort to remove Donald Trump from that state's primary ballot. Mission failed. We'll get him next time. This ruling comes eight days after Colorado Supreme Court ruled that Trump should be removed from the ballot. I don't make the rules, ma'am. I just think them up and write them down. Live from the Matthews Brothers Studios. Uh, we found that Joe Biden was using at least three fake names on government emails. Bill Carson's a fake name, huh? Who's your captain, Howie Carr? You're talking you just misgendered me again multiple times. Gotcha. Both of you have. She sounds hideous. Well, she's a guy, so... You said she, and then you said he. You're being condescending, and if you want to continue, Ooh. I have full authority to escort you out the building right this moment if you want to play that game. Okay. Would you like to continue three days before Christmas? I really don't mind. Now go home and get your f***ing shine box. Rump swabs, hacks, and moon bats beware. It's... Howie Carr. Matt, I just want to compliment you again on the superb usage of the Goodfellas quote of go get your shine box. What sparked your imagination to use that in the intro? Just came to you? Just It's just, it has the, like the muse was upon early, you. It has the same energy. The same cadence. No, it was a very, that's my favorite scene in Goodfellas is that entire sequence of uh, Billy Batts and uh, Joe Pesci's character going at it. It's hilarious and and frightening all at the same time. Excellent, excellent job, Matt. Eight four four five hundred forty two forty two. I was talking uh, last hour about the uh, the transgender children and the mother who is, is supposedly fighting for their rights to uh, stay well within their mental illnesses that have been perpetrated by her. So it seems. I mean the. The odds of having a quote-unquote transgender child are slim to none. The odds of having two, again, astronomical. I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd buy a lottery ticket at the highest record jackpot because I think I'd have a better shot of winning that than, than uh, having two transgender children in the same household. But uh, be that as it may, she writes in this April 17th letter to the... Uh, members of the House Higher Education Committee in Ohio on HB6, which I, I guess uh, had wanted to put limitations on what sports or how transgender students could participate in gendered sports. And she makes these these arguments that are based on feelings, not facts, which is the, the left's playbook when... Any of this comes into question. They, they point to feelings and not facts. As Joe Biden says, we believe truth over facts. Um, and she makes the argument, schools across the country know that transgender students, like any student, thrive when they're treated with dignity and respect. When school officials recognize that a transgender girl is a girl during the school day, but then treat her as if she's a boy when sports practice starts... It's hurtful to the student and disrupts the school's policy of treating all kids fairly. Now, that thinking is extremely flawed. I've, it's been a while since I've been in high school, 
but I don't remember at any point during the day where my gender mattered in a classroom. We weren't divvied up according to gender. We were not taught different lessons according to gender. Uh, We were not called upon for our answers according to gender. Uh, We were not discriminated in the lunch line according to gender. I believe we all had the same choices when it came to the meals that we were given. We we could all buy the, the same cartons of milk. We could all buy the same desserts or snacks, whatever you might want with your meal. Uh, you used the same entrances to the classrooms based on your gender. The only time gender came into effect was sports or gym time, uh, which I would say falls into the sporting category. So that, that thinking is completely flawed. It did not matter throughout the day. It matters when people are using the same locker rooms. It matters when the biological males have a distinct advantage, a physiological and biological advantage over the females that are competing in that sport. And she goes on uh, and says, uh, there was another point here that was just so egregious. As a nation, we decided long ago that discrimination is wrong and that everyone should have the same opportunities to succeed in life. Transgender students, like other students, deserve the same chances to learn teamwork, sportsmanship, leadership, and self-discipline, and to build a sense of belonging with their peers. Students learn a lot of important life lessons in sports, leadership, confidence, self-respect, and what it means to be part of a team. You know what they also learn? Hard work pays off. And for especially for these female athletes, because it's never never the other way around. I, I very seldom, and I can't point to a story where a biological female has, has bested the male-dominated sports uh, teams and has proven to be a, a better athlete than the boys at that sp- specific sport. It's always the other way around. It's biological males dominating the female. Uh, oriented sports team. You know, and, and what else it teaches them is hard work pays off. And that lesson is eroded when people of the opposite gender, biological males, are allowed to participate in female sports and completely dominate, set records that would be considered not even bronze medal winners if they were to be in the correctly assigned sports team, but they're able to set records because no female in that sport has been able to do what a man is able to do simply because of his physiology. And it completely takes away that hard work pays off. And it takes away scholarship opportunities. It takes away just a general work ethic. Why should I even try if I'm not going to be recognized for my accomplishments when somebody who has co-opted my gender has taken that from me? These people are sick. People like Laura Robertson Boyd, absolutely sick and demented. 844-500-4242, and they're trying to insert themselves into legislation in order to get it revamped to stack even more the odds in their favor so that they can 
ensure that their children, their special children, their their special snowflake kids that they've indoctrinated have more opportunities. And and by the way, she is white. I assume her children are white as well. And they are uh, certainly expressing their white privilege when it comes to their preferential treatment or their calling for preferential preferential treatment in the world of sports, college and uh, public school sports. 844-500-4242. Quint, you're next on the Howie Car Show. Go ahead, Quint. Hey, Taylor. Uh, yeah, every time I hear the debate about the uh, transgenders in sports, I, I imagine Mike Tyson deciding to go into the women's division and just destroy everybody, which he would anyway in the men's division. But Even even at his know. age, oh, yeah, he would absolutely dominate. Oh, it'd be murder. They could they call it murder, you know, and it all started with the participation trophies back in the day. And uh, I got a little a little saying, try to figure out this movie. It's the same actor, um, Joe Pesci. He goes, he tells De Niro, he goes, you win, you win. He goes, you lose, you still win. That's from Raging Bull. Oh, Raging they, Bull. You know, they, yeah, they, you know, that was even better than, than Goodfellas, I think. But, um, <laughs> you know, they, they, they can't. You know, like you said, it was fu- mean but funny. You know, the um, the uh, the the, the, the it started with the participation trophies and just giving every single kid a trophy. You know, you you got to teach them that. You got to try hard to win. You can't. You lose. That's it. You know. Sorry, kid. You know, maybe when they're little, that's one thing. But as soon as they start getting a little older, you know, you got to stop that. And that's when it started. Now you got to accommodate everybody's a winner, and that's along the lines of communism. You know, everybody's equal. Yeah, you're right, Quinn. I, there's there's a very um, pointed lesson in losing, and that really separates uh, the men from the boys, if you will. Uh, pardon the expression in the context of this conversation, but the lesson in losing is you can either try harder next time and and best yourself uh, compared to the last time you gave that attempt, or just give up and move on. And that's that's where. Uh, that uh, that difference is made. But we have opened up a third option, which is, well, so you didn't make it in this division, in this aspect of, of your sport. But there's another uh, another faction over here, this, this uh, female portion of, of this particular sport, where you probably could win with the same amount of effort that you just gave. All you have to do is pretend that you are one of them, and that that's all there is to it. It's, it's laughable. I, I say that at about a lot of things, Quint, and, and it, it truly is laughable, but it is also at the same time, uh, very disheartening that this is where we are. Thanks very much for the call. 844-500-4242. We'll take a break and we'll be back with more of your calls and much more to come. I'm Taylor Cormier, and this is the Howie Car Show. The Howie Car Show will be right back. He's Howie Carr, and he's back. 844-500-4242. Today's poll question is brought to you by Balance 7. Stop procrastinating and get your energy back. New customers can save $10 
and get free shipping at balance7.com with code Howie. That's balance7.com, code Howie. Matt, what is today's poll question and what are the results thus far? Would you remain a subscriber to your favorite streaming service if they began showing ads that interrupted your program? Yes or no? No, I would not. No has 78%. Yes has 22%. I I liken it to going to a movie theater. All the trailers come before the movie. My movie is not interrupted by a commercial other than product placement in the in the in the movie. But there's no commercial interrupting me. I've paid for my ticket and I expect no interruptions. That's the deal. And I think the streaming services have to make the same deal. You can watch ads beforehand. I've got no problem with that. Um, but whatever. I, I do have a problem with it. I, my, my fee should go towards your bottom line. And if that's not cutting it, up the fee on your own. I, I don't want to pay an extra fee for uh, ad-free and, and be treated as a second-class citizen, even though I've been a member of your streaming platform for years. No, thank you. 844-500-4242. Danielle, you're next on the Howie Car Show. Go ahead, Danielle. Hey there. How are you? Doing well, thanks. You know, one thing that seems to never get brought up and it really bothers me is um, the feelings of the naturally born um, male or female that, you know, whatever gender we're talking about, cis boys. Okay, so naturally born boys that participate on the sports team like how do they feel and, and i feel like so many parents would want to know that and are afraid to speak up but how does this affect my child how does he feel or or vice versa my daughter had you know a transgender um child that's gonna or a kid that's gonna play on this team and how do, you know how does this affect the naturally born kids everybody's so quick to talk about the feelings and the you know the the mental status and of of the transgenders, but what about the naturally born kids and how this could affect them? And, and um, that, that, that just bothers me that, that that doesn't ever seem to be taken into consideration. That's you a know? great point. I, yeah, just, just reading the letter from this deranged mother uh, shows that she wants her feelings and her children's feelings taken into consideration, but never once stops to consider the feelings of the uh, the other students. And here is my guess to that, Danielle. It's that those students, they probably wouldn't feel comfortable making their true feelings known. Um, That young age, being in high school, it's it's still a very impressionable age. It's still an age where you have your your, your peer pressure, you have groupthink going on. You don't want to be seen as somebody who may be labeled as bigoted. You don't want to be seen as an outlier or somebody that would be perceived to be hateful. So you go along with with the group. I, I doubt that you'd really get a straight answer out of everybody. It would take a, a quite a courageous young man or woman to, to say how, how they feel about having to share a locker room or, or a field with somebody who is of the opposite sex, um, biologically speaking. And that's that's the only way you can define that. Sex is biological. There's there's no ifs ands or buts about it. Um, but I, I don't I don't know why the the students aren't taken into consideration. The ones that uh, are are legitimately trying to uh, play their hearts out and strive and, and do their best, uh, no matter what's thrown at them. Danielle. Yeah, there was a show several years back that came out that kind of started the openness of this whole subject. Do you remember? It was called I Am Jazz. 
I heard, I've heard, I've heard of that. You know, yeah, uh, the so it was on TLC, right? The naturally born, yeah, the naturally born boy that you know parents were on board with the um, hormone replacement there, all of this stuff, so that the changes would happen. You know, the uh, puberty stuff would stop, and you know, no Adam's apple and all that at a younger age, and supported, and it goes right through the the series goes right through the the, the gender change, the surgery, and everything, but. Um, and then the whole show, even then, was based on this child's feelings and how, you know, the, the death threat she got and what she went through and or he, however you want to. Um, but I, and even when I used to watch that show, I would say to myself, hmm, I can't help but think of the little boy in the classroom, maybe 10 years old, say, that sees this girl quote unquote, and, and maybe has a crush on this, this girl's father goes home and tells mom and dad, you know, wow, this girl, you know, whatever, so cute, so pretty in my class. And then this poor boy finds out that jazz really um, is not so much a girl. I mean, what does that do to the naturally born kids? Uh, well, it makes them question know, their own sexuality. It makes them question everything that they've learned in their household, everything that they've learned that is true. Um, yet they see somebody else living out an entirely different reality that is so... Uh, separate from what reality actually is, they they've no idea what to think. So th- you you have all kinds of offshoots from from this uh, this this one issue that you're dealing with, and and it's it confuses a lot of people, and that's that's why you see a lot of what you see out there when you take a walk through the mall. I, I've I'm terrible at hiding. My, I've got a horrible poker face when it comes to being out in public. I will stare people down with one eyebrow raised and go, what the hell is that? And I will point out the odd hair colors that I see out there. I am the Clint Eastwood. I am the crotchety old man. I am the get-off-my-lawn guy. And it's, it's, a, it's a regular circus out there every single day, and it's, it's so sad to see. But there are a lot of confused young people. And, and, yeah, Danielle, a lot more has to be done, I agree with you, to take into consideration the feelings of these these other students that are forced to share space with these students who are getting preferential treatment. It shouldn't be preferential. It should be equal treatment. And there there should be uh, considerations given to the other students. Um, and, and first and foremost, the students shouldn't be running the operation to begin with. <laughs> Great quote by Ronald Reagan. I'll have Matt pull it up. After the break, this is the Howie Car Show. Live from the Matthews Brothers Studios. So I was saying before the break, uh, a lot of the problems in our public education system have arisen because the the children have feelings and they want these feelings to be considered and they want policy written around their feelings and the parents are doing the the due diligence and advocating advocating for their children's mental illness and not seeking help for it but uh, advocating that policy be structured around it to accommodate their mental illness and treat it as if it were not mental illness. And that's where a lot of these problems have come into play. And so that's why we have these debates on whether or not 
students should be um, allowed to change their gender and then participate in the sport of their choice, even though they were not born that gender, and uh, participate on the the team the the you know the team of their choice. Now, back in when uh, Ronald Reagan was governor of California, he was speaking on these uh, riots that were taking place at uh, UC Berkeley. Uh, these, you know, these social justice warriors of the day rioting and, and protesting for whatever reason. I'm sure very mild riots by today's standards. But he was holding this uh, press conference and holding basically a. Uh, 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 town hall on on the matter with some of the faculty members of UC Berkeley, and this is what transpired. Those people told you for days in advance that if the university sought to go ahead with that construction, they were going to physically destroy the university. The now, why did you negotiate many times? Negotiate? What is to negotiate? What is? Well, the university just... is a public institution. That's it's right. Institution but the university, the... The, its own community, and for the community of Berkeley that live around it. All of it began the first time some of you who know better and are old enough to know better let young people think that they had the right to choose the laws they would obey as long as they were doing it in the name of social protest. Oh, I love that. Uh, so concise and so to the point, so accurate. And it's a lesson that has gone by the wayside. It's all about kowtowing around the children, lest they be sued by the ACLU. Um, it is a miserable existence. I would never, ever subject my children to a public school education, public education in general. That's it's it's not going to happen and that's that's why there's such a rise in homeschooling ever since the pandemic i mean people have realized you know this isn't this isn't so hard <laughs> i'm working from home now and uh, it's probably going to stay that way i can take the 45 minutes out of the day and educate my child uh you'd be surprised how how little time is necessary to cram all the information that your children need in order to compete in this really non-competitive society anymore. I mean, if, if you teach them how to learn and, and uh, apply what they learn, they are ahead of 99% of the uh, the population out there, uh, 99% ahead of their generation. 844-500-4242. Steve, you're next on the Howie Car Show. Go ahead, Steve. Taylor, one of the biggest victories that... Uh these people have achieved is by using the word gender when they mean sex. Human beings have a biological sex. We are either male or we are female. That is a biological term. Gender was always a term that was used in grammar, and they are making people afraid to say that we, are, we have a sex, and that is male and female. So it's really, when you talk about transgenders, it's really people who are saying they're transsexual. Human beings don't have a gender. Human beings have a sex. I agree. I mean, that's it's just become the nomenclature, Steve. I don't disagree with you at all. Um, in fact, I've said that before when filling in, that, that it was just a term created as as they are wordsmiths and, and want to take the, the argument away from the actual origin and its roots and, and completely blindside you with something else. But 
I mean, it, it's just ridiculous that we've we've gotten to any point uh, of this conversation where we have to consider uh, these these kids and and what teams they want to play for, but not consider the actual teams and if they want these people playing with them. It, it defeats the purpose of having this distinction between male and female. You might as well just blend all of the athletic teams, right? Taylor, but when we use the term gender, when we mean someone's sex, uh, we, they, we, they, they've already half won the battle because we are not, we are disrooting our uh, sex from our biological identity. So every time you use the word gender, in my opinion, when you say transgender or what gender are you, you're already giving them half the battle. I, I don't disagree with you, Steve. Thanks very much for the call. D, you're next on the Howie Carr Show. Go ahead, D. Hi, Taylor. I Hi. just wanted to say I don't generally disagree with you, but I think you're wrong. I don't think this is about the children's mental illness. I think that either one or both of the parents are reflecting their own needs onto the kids, and that's what brings them to this point. And on top of that, I think they spend a lot of time, very busy people, letting other people raise their children. And so they feel guilty, so they have to acknowledge every stupid little feeling they have. And instead of just saying, you know, put some dirt on it or this or that or move on and just being there. And and I understand I would never in this day and age let my kids go to public school. My grandkids will be homeschooled or private schooled, even if it makes me mortgage my house. (laughs) So, D, do you not you don't agree that, um, you know, exploiting a, a child's susceptibility to suggestion can develop into a mental illness? No, I believe that the children can become mentally ill, but it's only with the appropriate amount of support of parents who also are reflecting their own needs of being special, important, different. That they're yeah, not no, there, there's, probably, there's probably a blurring of the lines there, D. I, I don't necessarily disagree with that notion, but it, I, I agree that it is, you know, the, the needs of the parents to make their children feel that they are special and to go that extra mile and set them apart and have something interesting to mention at their, uh, their frou-frou cocktail parties, that they're transgender. Uh, my child is the transgender student of the month, <laughs> whatever they want to claim that, that week. Um, it's it's that need to feel set apart and special and have special uh, amenities set aside for them. It's it's a sickness and it's a sickness on behalf of the parents. That's that's why I uh, started out by saying this this woman should be charged with child neglect and abuse because she's she's seems to be putting her children through this this hell and and using them for political purposes and and socioeconomic purposes as well. And what's the answer? Sending them to a psychologist that's just going to reaffirm and potentially put these kids in DSS if you don't actually agree with what the psychologist said? That's the problem. Yeah. Send them to a church. Get get them straightened out in church. Make sure it's not one of those churches with a uh, caprytoscope flag hanging out in front of it. Thanks very much for the call, D. 844-500-4242. Christine, you are next on the Howie Car Show. Go ahead, Christine. 
Hey, well, Taylor, I would love to talk to that mom and teach her some reality because obviously she is missing reality. Um, how in God's name can he have two trans kids? I do not understand this. Um, <laughs> this is Delusion 101. And you're talking about trans girls in sports. Well, March 20th, I sent an email to the rules director at the Connecticut. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, Christine, I have no interest in, in Connecticut state policy and, and the inner workings of whatever House bills are going on. Uh, I'm not going to let you have a platform on that. You can speak generally about it, but uh, I, I'll, I'll let your statement on reality speak for itself. Thanks very much for the call. I, I don't feel like having that conversation today. 844-542-42. Speaking of reality and uh, realizing the reality that many of these uh, companies are facing. A lot of companies, it's being reported today, are decreasing their DEI funding by as much as 90%. And a good question has been raised uh, ever since DEI became part of the, the lexicon in America. What is the advantage of these departments? What bottom line are they adding to? They're not adding to the bottom line. They're subtracting from the bottom line and have been for years now. Uh, CNBC reports shortly after the murder of George Floyd at the hands of Minneapolis police in 2020, Google was among many tech companies that set up new programs aimed at supporting black employees. The goal, CEO Sundar Pichai wrote, was to build sustainable equity for Google's Black Plus community. What is Black Plus? That's a new one on me. And externally, continues Pachai, to make our products and programs helpful in the moments that matter most to black users. Google's vocal commitments included improving representation of underrepresented groups in leadership by 30% by 2025, more than doubling the number of black workers at non-senior levels by 2025, addressing representation issues in hiring, retention, and promotions, and establishing better support for the mental and physical health for black employees. But in 2023, some of those programs are in retreat. By mid-2023, DEI-related job postings had declined 44% from the same time a year prior, according to data provided by JobSite Indeed. In November of this year, the last full month for which data is available, it dropped 23% year-over-year. Sharp contrast with the period from 2020 to 21, when those postings expanded nearly 30%. In line with a broader trend, both Google and Meta have cut staffers and downsized... Meta is Facebook, by the way, the Facebook corporation, have cut staffers and downsized programs that fell under DEI investment. Uh... More than just broken promises are at state, experts told CNBC in a series of interviews. The cuts come at a time when technology companies are forging ahead on the biggest technology shift in a decade, AI, artificial intelligence. If diverse people are not included in AI development, that may result in even greater power imbalances for both corporate workers as well as consumers who will use their products. A Google spokesperson did not dispute any specifics in the story, but pointed to new investments in partnerships this year, including committing more than $5 million to historically black colleges and universities to help build a stronger pipeline to the tech industry for the underrepresented talent, and launching the Google for Startups Women Founders Fund to help women entrepreneurs. But 
their internal operations and their uh, internal DEI departments are vanishing and they're cutting funding for a lot of those departments because there is little to no benefit financially from those departments. And they're not seeing any uh, advancement really as to any facet of their company in the name of DEI. It does not work. So they're passing the buck onto the colleges and universities. Isn't that nice? 844-500-4242. We'll be right back. This is the Howie Carr Show. Leave a message for the big guy. Call the chump line. 844-500-4242. Press 2 and leave your message. Then listen every weekday at 5 to catch the best messages of the day. One of them may be yours. The Emperor of Hate, Howie Carr, is back. Howie Carr is not back. I am, however. I'm Taylor Cormier, Howie's executive producer, filling in for Howie. This week and the next, Howie will be back in the um, the audio sense on January, uh, January 8th. He will be in Florida he will not be back in the Boston metro area until uh, very well into the new year. 844-500-4242. We talked earlier about these migrants that are headed towards the border right now, approximately 7,000 headed for the U.S. border. All of them going to claim asylum status, even though that most of them probably will not qualify for asylum status legitimately, but they will get their hearing date. And they will disappear to show up into um, probably large Democrat-run cities where they know that the the resources are plentiful and the welfare checks keep flowing and the EBD, EBT cards are automatically filled every month and they have a good chance of getting a driver's license and getting a car and not having to pay for insurance and driving off after they get into an accident and costing many Americans their lives, uh, their uh, their well-being, their liberties, all kinds of stuff, all kinds of terrible, horrible side effects, actually direct effects of bringing in illegal immigrants and just letting them run wherever they want to. But now the uh, the Democrat mayors are having this this. Some th- something of a come-to-Jesus moment because now they're being impacted. And it's not taking governors like Ron DeSantis or Greg Abbott from Texas to send these illegal aliens by the plane full to their cities. The U.S. government is basically doing that on their own. They're giving them vouchers to these airlines and pick wherever you want to go, and here you go. And that's what's happening. We've seen it reported. Now the new mayor of Chicago, Brandon Johnson, is sending out this plea to Joe Biden for help. He needs help because there's this huge crisis going on and they're not equipped to handle it. A big city like Chicago, not equipped to handle uh, the loads of illegal aliens that are being flown and bust in from the border. Let's hear it. To, to meet this demand, 
But we have reached a critical point um, in this mission that absent real significant intervention immediately, our local economies are not designed and built to respond to this type of crisis. We are literally building a system as we go along. I commend Mayor Johnson. They need money. They need the money. They need more money for more programs so that more people can get more jobs and and they'll never be fired because they're government jobs and the funding will never go to where it needs to go and it'll be mismanaged and misused and and it'll be... uh, Oh, just completely mismanaged, and the the illegals will still have their their free pass to come in, and we're going to keep asking for more money. Again, I'll reiterate the point, $15 billion to finish building the border wall as Trump envisioned it. And right now, it's costing north of $400 billion to house and feed the illegal aliens that we've taken in under the Biden administration. You do the math as to which is more an effective policy to keep enacted. I say the wall. We'll be back tomorrow with much more news of the day. I'm Taylor Cormier. This has been The Howie Carr Show.